The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen up. Going through every song for the album, it's kind of, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll talk about this. Okay, I record ahead of time, so it's going to be, a, <laughs> it's going to be a while until they, uh, they see the light of day. But then again, it's, uh, it's good because then it gets them out of the way and I don't have to worry about trying to record something and then edit it and upload it for the, you know, two days later or something. Yeah, for like the, the release. Yeah, I hear you. And that way, too, I know it's like, oh, I really need this, but hey, I got like four weeks to do it or whatever. So I'm pretty sure I'll have time to to get it done instead of having to be like, ah, crap, I'm all out. Got to skip a week or two until I uh, record some stuff. Yeah, well, I'm interested to see uh, how this goes. And hopefully the material I provide will be good enough for your podcast. Oh, it's yeah, I, I haven't deleted anybody. <laughs> I haven't been like, OK, that was complete trash. We got to start all over again, start from scratch. No, nobody's nobody's horrible. It's all good. And besides, I can always edit and, you know, make people sound better, make people sound smarter. I do it for me, so I'll do it for the people I talk to as well. It's only fair. Well, you seem to have that radio voice already. I can tell it's uh, <laughs> I, I got some work to do to get my uh, my voice ready. No, nah, that's all right. You didn't have to unless you want to talk up some records. Uh, let's do we got a winning weekend uh, blood something. I don't know. I can't even pretend to, to talk. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 12 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Paloma. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and b-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon. Today, we're talking about the song Help Help from Riot Act with my guest, Mike Gagliardi. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, not bad. It's a beautiful day up here in upstate New York. All right. Beautiful spring, or maybe it's going to be summer by the time this comes out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one thing that I always do that I forget right before I talk to somebody, uh, that, that I said your name right, right? Correct. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we're here to talk about this Jeff Ament written song. He did the music and the lyrics. Before we get off into any more facts or talking about the actual song, though, since this is the first time you're on the show, Mike, I have to ask you, just like I ask all my guests, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Well, I might have been around nine or so, and my brother came home with a mixtape on cassette of the album 10 and um it's what i used to listen to when i mowed my lawn that summer probably like around 93 so yeah i was probably like nine or ten years old and then probably from there i remember seeing the videos on mtv for mm -hmm. live and even flow and then i think it really kind of popped up uh at the 93 vmas i think it was when they did uh rocking in the free world um and like you know like they were like the hugest thing in the world then and it's kind of crazy. Actually, I just I just went back on YouTube and I saw that a couple, couple mm -hmm. months ago. And uh, they're like playing so slow to like how we used to see them now. Live. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. But um, but yeah, that was probably at first was like my brother came home with this tape and we just kind of like played it off the wall. It wasn't until actually it wasn't probably until he got the Versus album for, I think, for Christmas that year that like we actually had between him and I, we had something that was actually purchased from them. Because, you know, I was nine years old. I didn't know like <laughs> what CDs were really so much. So. <laughs> 
Uh, so th then when did when did you sort of adopt the band then as your own and start getting like your own records of theirs and stuff? Yeah. So I'm going to say so my brother had the Versus album and I kind of like I like I kind of had like a on and off with Pro Jam. Um, like, for example, Vitology, I didn't really get into, but No Code was actually the first album that I purchased uh, of Pro Jam. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously Yield was next, but I didn't really get into that. And then when I was in college, that's when Binaural came out. And um, a few of those songs actually really hit me pretty hard because I actually had something pretty serious happen in my life. A friend of mine had died, and uh, that album actually helped me like get through a lot of that um honestly mm -hmm. but also during my first year of college it was uh, 2003 and that's when the riot act album came out and i i saw them live in buffalo it was a great show but pretty much by then pro jam was already my my favorite band it wasn't until years later kind of like after my my stint at college or uh it was that i really started getting into them into the present day now when i'm probably listening to them almost like every day but uh you know i've been probably a a very serious fan since about 2000. And so then, uh, let's see. So this song is, uh, let's see, they first played it on February 16th, 2003 in Australia. Yeah, I believe it was Adelaide. And um, it, was, it was the last of the Riot Act songs to be performed live besides ARC, but they don't really play that, so I don't know if that counts. Uh, it's also the least played from Riot Act as well, you know, besides ARC. The thing about that show, though, where they first debuted it, is it was on that day, that weekend, um, that there was a huge protest against the uh, impending war with Iraq. Uh, that the U.S. was going to uh, engage in. There's a, a documentary called We Are Many that sort of is about that protest. I believe the records are it's somewhere between 6 and 10 million people worldwide. It's possibly the largest worldwide protest in history that has gone on. And before he plays that song, he kind of mentions the protest and the stuff that's going on. Hello, Adelaide. What a great day. I don't know if you, you feel it, but I think this is one of the, maybe the greatest weekends in, uh, in my lifetime that, that uh, I can remember in our lifetimes. This weekend, the biggest protest since the Vietnam War went down. I was too young to remember that. But if you got millions, millions and millions, maybe eight million people, in over 600 countries coming out to protest the war. That's something to be toasted to and thankful for. And uh, you should be very proud of yourselves, Australia, for such good showings in Melbourne, Sydney, and today in Adelaide. We were down there. It just looked great. You should be very proud. And we come as representatives of, and uh, as representatives of dirty seppos. To tell you that we're not all cowboys and we're not John Wayne, and that uh, don't believe the news. We don't all believe in uh, supporting our president. Tell me 
Yeah, I do remember that from, uh, I actually have the bootlegs. And I, I think, did they play two shows at Adelaide? And uh, I mean, I think, I think I remember him speaking of, uh, Ed speaking about that, you know, quite frequently, either at that show or one, uh, the one prior as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very prevalent, like throughout that one, that one, that one live concert. Yeah, it's kind of in that light about it. And then kind of, if you look at the lyrics and stuff like that, it is sort of like a very obviously political song, but then also like an anti-war song as well. I think if you look at it that way, he'll sometimes say live, um, you know, war is hell instead of this is hell. Yeah, I would agree. And it actually, when I think the first thing they played in the States was that uh, it was in Colorado and, um, you know, it's kind of like a, that's a pretty tough crowd to get into when you're kind of talking about that kind of stuff. And I think, I think at one point, uh, Ed, during that show in Colorado, he has to kind of say like, Hey, I thought, I thought this was a country with, you know, with freedom of speech and stuff like that. So, um, it's clear that there are some fans out there who don't appreciate the speech that he wants to uh, provide and what he wants to say, but it's also on the other side in regards to the song that actually probably the whole album itself would write act a lot of the songs that has that tone of, you know, really what's being, uh, what's being said on this song, you know, yeah. not my enemy, that kind of thing. Yeah, that that uh that Denver show is uh one of the ones where they performed Bush Leaguer and uh they started getting the flack for that that uh Yeah, yep. You, you hear me talk you'll hear me talk about that in the Bush Leaguer episode. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a prelude? <laughs> yeah, hey, it's a plot. It's a hey, listen up, keep listening. Yeah, in the um I listened to the let's see June 25th version too um where they played in uh Clarkston, Michigan, uh home of Kid Rock and uh I think at the end of the song you can hear some boos maybe. I couldn't tell if it was people shouting boom, of course, or if people are actually saying boo and maybe like some you suck or something like that I think afterwards. <laughs> This is Mike McCready right there. Well, it's, uh, I mean, definitely some controversial uh, venues to to sing a song like that and, and to, to voice those views. But I think that's kind of one of the things that attracts me to this song. And again, the album altogether is that even though it's uh project was just getting through like such a tumultuous time in like the late 90s and yet here they were in 03 like two albums deep from all that maybe three albums deep but they're still like pissed off you know they're still uh they still have a a voice to give uh and and something to say about what's going on in the world and I think there's nothing stronger than that than in the uh in that time around 2003 and this song obviously personifies that a lot that I think the whole tour itself, Ed just seems kind of cranky at times. And uh, all he has to say is about what's going on in the world. So, Yeah, just a, a, a real sort of uh, turning point, you could say, in, in, in history. I mean, the wars are pretty much still going on. I mean, there's still people over there. And it's, uh, you know, an insane loss of life. And it's, it's just sort of like, oh, wow, like there were things that everybody just got caught up in. And and that's sort of like, I think what this, what this song is about is, is a lot of, you know, saying, you know, tell me lies, tell me lies. Was it tell me what I want to hear? This shit's too good to be true. It's, it's very sort of 
getting caught up in just culture or politics or just in the the tide that's uh that's pulling you i don't know deeper and deeper into into the undertow or something of uh of something that's going to end up drowning you i guess yeah and i think the, i think one of the last lines it says uh, not my enemy and it says don't speak for me you know not my enemy i mean that obviously is going directly with you know president bush at the time i think yeah you know you, how you were saying how you know those wars are still going on and not to get too political but it's kind of hard not to but it's like how how much how much also does that song still resonate with today with what's going on it's it's kind of shifted from us being the citizen against our government and you know the overreach after 9-11 and you know with making with politicians making money uh with wars and things across seas but how much has kind of shifted to how they made it between us versus them mm -hmm. to us versus us. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, you can almost use like social media as that same thing. Not to, not to, not to bash, you know, the medium that you're working on, obviously, <laughs> podcast, social medium, but it's, uh, it's just kind of surprising how that has transitioned. And these, I think these lyrics just still speak very close to that whole premise. Like, you know, social media, you know, memes and info wars and stuff like that. It's like, and now, you know, if you're, let's say you're a Republican, and you're already seen as, you know, as somebody who's going to watch, a, you know, InfoWars TV and you're, you're watching Tucker Carlson and stuff like that. And it's it's really the same kind of thing. Like if I was a Republican or if I was really leaning that way, I should say, hypothetically, of course, I wouldn't want those pundits, you know, speaking for me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that I think somehow these lyrics just really are even more present today than they were when they were talking directly about somebody being hey, like, you're not my president, you know, that's, which is kind of funny. It's kind of a quote today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the one of the things about the song is that it's, and I think also maybe the reason why it's not as popular a song, it's not as, like, I mean, I think this is probably one of the tracks in this album that, you know, when I listen to it, it's just kind of like, eh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely you know. I'm glad it's on the uh, the last half of the album. <laughs> it's just kind of like okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it up. Let's keep, let's uh, let's go. Um, it's it, it's very the sound of it is very unsettling, especially like if you uh, hear it on the record. Um, it's a whole lot slower, I think, than I remember it, and when you hear it live as well. Um, I think part of the the part of it that is sort of off is the fact that uh musically as they're playing it they're they're going from the the uh verse is a uh is an octave and then they're they're going down to the dominant seventh and the diminished seventh and then back up and it kind of gives you the root tone and it's kind of d d d so it sounds a little off and it, it just doesn't fit right which you know i think uh sometimes truths are hard to listen to as well possibly and uh you have like the vocoder in the background, you can't even like really tell what it's saying. It's just like, <laughs> like oh, what is that? What's going on? It's, it's just a very different sounding song on, you know, a different sounding album as well. So it really, really sticks out in that uh, instance. Tell me, 
Yeah, you, you definitely hit it. I mean, first of all, this is like the rival of Riot Act. You know what I mean? It's, it's towards the back, like you never remember it. But I think the whole first half of the song is, like you say, it has like, just like a weird pace to it. And it's just, yeah, it's just got like a real trepid kind of, uh, you know, verse by verse. And you got Tell me lies, tell me lies. You know, it's just, uh, yeah. Tell me lies, tell me lies, tell me, tell me lies, tell me. And then, but then towards the end, it's like, that's kind of what, what I kind of like uh, lend to it a lot is that as obviously towards the end of the song, when it really picks up and it has like the veracity to it. Yeah. That's kind of what uh, I think, you know, makes it like a, a better song. You know, obviously it being a really big Pearl Jam fan, um, I can find good out of all of them, but uh, but yeah, I do understand what you're saying. It's definitely a flyby, probably for your uh, for your every not your everyday fan, but I completely agree. It's just got like a very odd pace, very odd tone to it throughout all of it, and uh, it just kind of got picks up at the end. Yeah, I think it's also one of those songs where when the drums start, you can be like, okay, this is this is definitely help help. Mm-hmm. Agree. Yeah, live I think is where you listen to the song. It's kind of like, oh, okay. You kind of like cut out some of those weird, you know, things like the vocoder and stuff like that. And it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, this is a pretty straight ahead song. It is pretty simple too. There's no, you know, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, you know. And at the end, it does leave it really open to to sort of jam, and you get uh, boom going crazy off in there, and then Mike just sort of doing his thing and kind of going crazy, and it is just f- sort of. I don't know, maybe it's it's sort of symbolic of the build up to war or something like that. Just sort of like, you know, you're 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 in shock and maybe the response to 9-11, just sort of the the miasma in the air of of the horror of it all. And then you're just sort of like, OK, hey, hey, everybody's saying, hey, let's go to war. Let's go to war. Let's do this. Let's do that. Oh, you know, it's their fault. Oh, you know, it's uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, the reservoir hate and fear, you know, yeah, it's uh, you know, all this stuff. And so now we're going to go and we're going to start dropping bombs and we're going to start, you know, killing everybody. And that's where it kind of goes off at the at the end, maybe. Yeah. And I think that's also one of the reasons why it would kind of stuck out in my mind when you when you asked me to help you with this one was that I didn't have a problem with it was because. I think during the time and when I do hear it live is that it's like it's like that perfect vocal because it's really what they're kind of conveying and all their messaging almost throughout their entire tour 2003. So when, when predominantly the, the song is played, obviously. I mean, you mentioned it's only like been played like 16 times. It's like yeah. once, in, once in 2018, once in 2016. I think obviously they played it probably at the Pearl Jam 20 when the rest of it was in the 2003 tour. So yeah, but um, but no, I think it's I think if it wasn't. If if you don't have that angst behind you, you know, imagine imagine the song following like River Cross, you know, <laughs> or something like that. But it, it was for that for that era, you know, it just kind of fits perfectly. And I think you I think you hit it on the head with you know the kind of the swaying back and forth of the kind of song that it is, and then how it really comes through at the end. Um, it just kind of speaks to that, like, hey, this is what they're kind of doing to us. Like we're going to war, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty clear picture. Yeah, in uh, in 2018, uh, like you said, they uh, they played it twice in Seattle and in Prague. Okay. And in those versions, Ed starts playing the Beatles' "Help" right before, so yes. it goes from "Help" to "Help, Help, 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 Help." Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
When I was younger, so much younger than today. Never needed anybody's help in any way. But now those days are gone, I'm not so self-assured. I find I changed my mind, I opened up the Which is like, I mean, how much of a spectrum of, of music is that? I mean, like the Beatles, help, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's such, you know, it's like a cry for help, and and more, uh, you know, the Pro Jam version here is just like we don't want help, we want, you know, we want vengeance kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I'm trying. I don't think that there's thematically a through line between the two thong between the two songs. I think it's just like a hey, there's a song called Help, and then there's <laughs> this, this song too. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, but it is a but it is a nice surprise though too. Yeah, yeah. It's like you know you think you think you think oh man, Proto's going to cover some some Beatles here, you know, and then it's you know and they, then they head into their own version. Yeah, their their trademark dad sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the in the lyric the shell of the man from the sea. I don't know if that's a uh, you know a reference to the book. Or if that happens to be a sort of reference to what is it? Maybe Tremor Christ or I got shit. Those those talk about shells and the sea. I don't know if there's any connection to that or it's just a you know a reference to oh you know storybook keeps from hurting me. The shells a man from the sea. It's sort of like okay, well you know that's a book and I just said storybook so. That's yeah, it. those are certainly some 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 strange lyrics. That I mean, is that storybook keeps from hurting me. You see shell of a man from the sea yeah that's it's uh it, it's certainly but i mean it's it's clearly he's he's talking about somebody you know that's a good question I wonder, I wonder who yeah but it is jeff who wrote it so he does get kind of out there and possibly literary with his uh mm-hmm. with his lyrics so one more thing about the lyrics that i just wanted to mention in this um uh, at the end, is there is there uh, they're ramping up and stuff like that? It says uh, the man they call my enemy. I've seen his eyes; he looks just like me. Or I've seen or I've seen his face; he looks just like me. I think I've I think I've heard, or maybe I've just misheard that lyric forever.
what do you how do you sort of see that because i can kind of get either you know it's like oh you know i it's they're telling me that these people from the Middle East who are the enemy or something like that. So they're who I need to hate or whatever. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, they're just people too. I mean, we're all people and, you know, it's going to be a bunch of people who weren't involved and who don't wish ill will towards this country or anything like that, who are going to get caught up in war and everything like that and who are going to, you know, pay the ultimate price for it. Yeah, well, you know, you, you provided a good reminder that how, how Jeff wrote the song. And, you know, I think at that time it's kind of like, I've seen his eyes. He looks just like me, Amir. It's just like, you think that it's somebody else that's your enemy, but in the end, it's that, you know, kind of like all of us collectively have led us to where we are. And, you know, and I think you're exactly right is that, you know, that person on the other side is just like me. Do they really want to go through with this? You know, you know, and obviously we're talking about war and that kind of thing, but political climate. So, um, but I think, I think you hit it on the head when saying that that person on the other side is just like me, just a person, you know, that's not my enemy, you know? Yeah, it could, it could also be, like, sort of their, like, other people aren't the problem. It's, you know, it could be, maybe it's me, or maybe my own country is maybe who I should be looking at or something, or, um, I don't know, maybe it's, it, it's like the politicians, you know, who are, who are white just like me or something like that, you know, this is a white guy singing it and everything. Yeah, and I think that, again, regarding, regarding the time when this came out, it was like the height of 9-11, you know, post 9-11, so fear was at an all-time high, and that's kind of what I was trying to convey a minute ago, was just like, we collectively just kind of bought into all this fear, I mean, and granted, I mean, some of it might have been truthful to an extent, but in the end, it was ramped up so much for what, as, as we all know now, is that, you know, politicians made money, you know, war was you know, just, everyone was profiting, that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, and it's just, but in the end, is that, I think the way you said it was that the, the enemy is just like me, but we we also just kind of collectively brought us with us, so we are our own enemy. You know, we kind of we kind of brought this on ourselves, um, and we kind of need to just, you know, as you get down more in the lyrics, uh, the more you read, the more we've deceived, every day has become clearer, clearer. And then don't yeah. speak for me is that like, you know, we need to kind of like branch away from that. You know, we need to kind of just stop following the propaganda of yeah. what we're being fed and just like really think about what we're doing here. Yeah, there's so many people who are our representatives who, you know, are our government and everything like that. And they do things in our name. And a lot of times it's uh, going to war with other countries and, you know, killing people. So it's kind of like, hey, you know, they don't speak for me. You know, you're not my enemy. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's the Adelaide show. He specifically, you know, in in uh, Ed's kind of commentary in between songs, he was talking about a conversation between the president and I think guess the prime minister of Australia. Mm-hmm. And he he kind of mentions the prime minister by name, and everyone's booing, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he doesn't, you know, I know he doesn't speak for you, and it, I'd be sure as hell if uh, my president, you know, spoke for me, kind of thing, you know." So it's kind of weird. That's kind of eerie now looking back at that. You know, mm-hmm. those kind of quotes that he provides are kind of lyric for lyric here during on this song, you know. Is there anything that you have about the song that you wanna touch on? Um, yeah, I mean, from from a from a trying to get away from like the political point of it mm-hmm. a, a tiny bit is that um I am a big, you know, live music fan in regards to that, you know, I haven't listened to the studio albums in a while. So I really just dig from a music standpoint the way the song can be improvised at the end. A lot of ride act songs do. And I think also just the angst of what it means and how it's played, especially during that time, it just kind of makes it like a fun listen 
we, you know, when, when I'm doing for work, a lot of times I'm just kind of like digging into data or uh, writing something up mm-hmm. and, uh, this kind of song can kind of come on and like, it kind of just kind of picks me up and I kind of get moving and stuff like that. So regardless of the true meaning, it's a solid Pearl Jam song. It's certainly not everyone knows, but, uh, I encourage all to, you know, give it a listen, G- grab some boots, uh, get on nugs.net or something like that and, <laughs> and, and get, some, get some copies of it or something because, uh, it really can well really good. Yeah, the uh, the Seattle version, like I, I mentioned from 2018, that was the home show that they had the streaming event yep. for uh, at the end of last year. Um, do you think that they should play this more when they when they start playing again? Or well, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a deep cut kind of guy, so mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but no, you know what? I mean, getting back to maybe what the song really means, it's. I mean, maybe we're kind of beyond that with the changing of uh, our our president right now. But I think three months ago, four months ago, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, imagine like the 2020, this 2020, uh, tour that would have went on, you know, with everything that was going on in the world, just how more poignant a lot of these songs would have been Yeah, yeah. during, uh, during this year. Um, obviously the, the pandemic having, uh, its way with that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think this song, I mean, even though Bush Leaguer is obviously about one person in particular, kind of, I think it really lends itself to, you know, those kind of songs really lend itself to what's going on today. Yeah. Just how hot the, the climate is uh, on these kind of topics. Yeah. A lot of, um, you're like uh QAnon sort of, you know, conspiracy theory sort of tell me lies connection there. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant about earlier. I mean, it's, it's almost more easier to reference now than it was then. I mean, it's, it's because the lies are just, they're everywhere now. You know what I mean? It's not just one person coming from, you know, the White House. It's yeah. It's it's everywhere you go. It's on your phone. It's on your TV. It's everything you see, every commercial you see. You know, it's uh, you really can't go anywhere without it. I mean, obviously, everyone's on social media one way or the other, and no matter what medium you're on, you're gonna see some kind of garbage. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else about this? Before we wrap up, okay. no. I, I had a great time. No, I, all think, right. I think we hit them all. Thank so you. then uh, let's wrap this up. And uh, as as everybody knows, I'm doing that with people by asking, just like Ed has asked at the end of single video theory, Mike, what does Pearl Jam mean to you? Pearl Jam means to me, it's just a remembrance of kind of where I've been in my life. All the songs I've listened to, all the, all the CDs, they kind of have that nostalgic to where I was at that time. And I think listening to these songs, they allow me to kind of remember what it was like and remember where I was at that point. It's almost like a soundtrack to my life to an extent. You know, the songs aren't necessarily about me, but they can bring me back to the time when that was going on. Obviously, listen to a lot of live albums. You can really, you know, really get into that. Obviously, as, as we kind of said a few times, like this 2003 tour, and this song was most prevalently played. I mean, you you can remember where you were that summer when you're listening to those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what Pro Gem has done for me is that they've just kind of provided me with a ton of memories. They've provided me with a lot of connections with different people and a lot of help and understanding with getting through things in my life. As I mentioned in the opening was I had a friend who died that we also listened to Pro Gem together. And in fact, he committed suicide, actually. And it was a lot of the Pro Gem songs that really got me through that really tough time when I was my first year of college. And um, it's really when I started picking up a lot of getting into the getting into them uh, more prevalently. And I started going to shows and so like that. I'm not like a road dog in that respect, but mm-hmm. 
it's really just been something that's kind of been there throughout my entire life. And, uh, you know, now I'm getting close to middle age here and uh, they're still going, but uh, I'm able to just go back and, and pick up where I left off listening to their live shows and just kind of getting back to where I was when I was younger. Yeah, because this this was album came out. You were beginning of college. You said you just started college with binaural or something. So that or so were you wrapping up then, or just kind of still? Yeah, I, I was. I was like eighteen, nineteen. No, I was like eighteen, nineteen when binaural came out, or so, or maybe even maybe even younger than that. But I think it was when I was supposed to see Pearl Jam at the third Mansfield show. I was nineteen. Okay. So uh, and obviously, binaural had been out for what eight months or so something like yeah. that maybe so. you said you were or i'm sorry not by neuro uh Ryan oh, Eric, okay. i'm sorry yeah, yeah yeah so you said you were supposed to see that show did you not make it to there or uh i made it to mansfield i did not see the show oh man did you know what was going on in mansfield for those shows by the time that uh that did? yes i we were there uh we were there early for a pregame and just for, but we we were there with plenty of time to catch the first set Oh, okay. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite albums, uh, like ever. I mean, like the the acoustic set is absolutely amazing. I think mm-hmm. it's just the fact that it really has like some of its like best versions of some songs on there. Honestly. Yeah. But actually, all three shows are, are pretty stellar. You know, getting into just more like the album, the Ride Act. I mean, another another great song they opened with "Can't Keep" uh, at that show, and it's just like great improv, just a great version of it to to open up the the main set uh thanks for coming on man no man great i had a great time thank you so much the better band podcast is produced by listenupreno.com and brandon paloma and published using a creative commons attribution share alike 4.0 license please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details all music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use you can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash Brandon P and leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Mike, and as always, this is Brandon saying, We work hard, we play hard.